everyone. Welcome to ARG Airlines. I'll be your captain this evening, Amigo Aaron, joined by a fellow who came straight from the airport lounge. I give you co-pilot, the Brent. Co-pilot? You got to be kidding me. I was over. I'm flying this I was over hunger, and he was underdone. Straight to the ground. Yeah, 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 that's what I figured. So, if you joined us last week, we spun the wheel. We made the exciting deal, Brent. I've never been more excited for a show in my life. When we spun this, <laughs> I couldn't believe it. It's I didn't know this category existed, but it does. It's BAM. C-64 Flight Simulators, the Brent. C-64 yes. Flight Simulators. Now, I'm not going to lie. Uh, I've seen this on the wheel, and when I saw it on there, I, I begged I begged that it would never come up because <laughs> flight simulators are not my bag. And flight simulators on the C-64, I find uh, it seemed like it was going to be a bad draw. What were your initial thoughts on this particular subject? My first thought was C-64 flight sims. What are there, like yeah. one, two? <laughs> Incorrect. Wow. I was very yes, wrong. Yes, there are tons of these things. <laughs> I, I was stunned. I've made a huge list here. We'll, we'll get to here in a little bit. But before we get too deep into the whole flight simulator thing, we're going to talk about what defines a flight simulator. Uh, what what experience do you have in flight, Brent? Have, have, how many flights have you taken in your life, and what were your experiences on said flights? Oh, I've had, I've been, I've been up in the old, uh, wild blue yonder, four or five yeah. times, uh, a couple short flights coming from uh, uh, West Virginia to uh, Massachusetts. I made that flight a few times when I had a girlfriend that was living out there, and uh, of course our epic cross country flight to Vegas. But I've never been uh, cross ocean. No. Which at some point I would like to do, but that would be something. What I, I neither have I, by the way. Of course, you know I've had some scary moments in the air uh, when I worked for IBM. This was a this was a lovely week uh, of of anguish because they told me they're like, "Hey, we're going to send you to our plant in Mexico, Aaron," and I was like, "Okay." And, and they're like, "Yeah, you get to train all your replacements because you're all you're all laid off." I was like, "Oh, that's not good." And so they flew me down, and the flight down, you know, we had to stop over in Houston before we went down to uh, McAllen, uh, Texas, I believe is where it was. And uh, as the pilot, you know, we're in a full-size aircraft, and as this sucker's careened towards the airport, all of a sudden, the the whole the plane goes, whoop, and shoots up, I mean, with, like, G-forces, you know what I mean? Like, And I was like, what, George, was like, what George. the heck was that? Because we were landing. And the pilot goes, he goes, nothing to worry about there, folks. There was another plane on the pad. <laughs> Just this nonchalant, yeah. as he said. I was like, "Oh, oh God, that doesn't sound good." And then we spun, we we circled Houston for about twenty minutes or so, and he finally put that bird down. So that wasn't good. And on the way back, they had a stopover in Louisville or in St. Louis, and so they were going to fly us from St. Louis to Louisville in like a prop plane or something. It was this real small. Yeah, oh yeah. No, yeah. no good. I felt like the big bopper up there. I was like, this ain't good, brother. I don't like the, that thing was bumpy. You know, my buddy that was with us was all doped up, so he didn't care. But, man, it was it was not fun for me. So a, uh, I'm not the best traveler when it comes to airplanes. In fact, I said I'd never do it again. And, of course, this was all before the real bad uh, the real bad airline entry happened with all the security and stuff. People don't believe me, Brent, when I tell them that when we went to uh, Vegas – 
which was after 9-11, like, security was fairly light at that point, wasn't it? We kind of got right yeah. on the plane. Yeah, it was kind of crazy. We were making a, a Christmas Eve flight, and they were just waving us on like it was nothing. Yeah, uh, they so. didn't let us have liquids on the plane. We got to keep our shoes on. And my The only one of the three of us that got really hassled by security was my buddy Rich, he was, who was in full bondage gear. And so and he was and skin bald and huge. <laughs> well... So he, well, you should explain that a little bit. He's wearing a, a leather. He, he wore bondage pants, a leather trench coat. He was bald, and he was he was big bruiser of a guy, and uh, wore had a bunch of uh, earrings and stuff. And inevitably, he got pulled over by security. But every single stop, it was he, amazing. He must have fit the. I don't know what the a bobber would look like, <laughs> but it seems like he would be a little more discreet in your in your uh, outfits. So that was something to yeah. mention, Aaron. Uh, just talking about our flight experiences flying into chuck yeager airport in beautiful charleston west virginia is a is a scary scary thing because the airport they just chopped off the top of a mountain and decided to put some airfield yeah. uh if you miss the runway or you overshoot the runway at at, at yeager there is no second hit the chance. Town. it's just off a mountain i've never i've never <laughs> flown in or out of yeager myself you're no, I never me. have, but I've heard the stories. Oh, man, it's an experience. Because it's like, okay, I'm flying, I'm flying, I'm flying, I'm going to hit a mountain, oh, wait, I've landed. <laughs> you know, speaking of Chuck Yeager, he's a guy that has a game with the C-64. Uh, the, yeah, you, you know, in, in hindsight, we should have probably yeah, played that. It, it did occur to me as I was putting this list together. But, uh, yeah, Chuck Yeager, which had, he had a big... He had a big-time flight simulator back in the day, Chuck Yeager's advanced flight trainer. You know, I looked over. There's a pretty good-sized list. I mean, I probably there's probably 30 or 35 games on here that you that you could consider a flight simulator. But some of that is a loose consideration. Like, where do you draw the line on what you would consider a flight simulator? Like, for me, a game I like I could call a game like Chuck Yeager. That's definitely a flight simulator. But you could also sort of call a game like... I don't know, Blue Max, a flight simulator. You let you take off, you land. You know, you have the altitude changes. Where do you draw the line? Would you let that one slide, or that would be called out? I I am a stickler when it comes to simulations. Oh, oh okay. <clears throat> you have to have more controls than just up, down. You know, thrust, brake, left, right, gun. There has to be something more to the game to make it a simulator. Because otherwise, it's an arcade simulator. And those are fine. Nothing wrong with those, but those are not a simulator. Well, now, there are exceptions. We'll get to that. No, no. But Okay, here's where you need to know. Here's how to draw the line, right. Aaron. Is Top Gun on the NES a flight yes, simulator? Yes, absolutely. Absolutely no, not. It is. It is. It's, in fact, no, by the way, it it's not. on CC4 as well. Landing and taking off does not a simulator I, make. I, I, I'm going to disagree with you there. Uh, yes, uh, rescue of Fractilis, the curses, that well, I would consider that a flight simulator as, as well. Uh, you know, I want to go. Aaron considers time pilot. It's funny you should simulator. mention that. I'm going to go over some of the. I'm going to go over <laughs> some of these. Uh, uh, just a few of these highlighted games I've got here on my list, just to chat about. Because uh, I know we've both played, we've both dipped our toe in the pool of flight simulators here. You've got a lot of crazy stuff on here, but I recognized a few of these, uh, Brent. F-15 Strike Eagle was a big game back in the day. Uh, and Absolutely. we didn't we play that on the... We played that and its sequel on the Super Nintendo, I believe, because we were skirting yep. the law on that one, too. Uh, my, 
I might add, on flight simulators. Uh, and what did you think about F-15? It was one of the bigger ones, I think, of all time, at least back in the day. Yeah, I mean, absolutely good game. It has, has a lot of fun aspects to it. Um, for me, I... I the combat in F-15 was was a little uh, unforgiving. Yeah. And I think that's what bothered me the most about it. But, yeah, it, good game. I'm not yeah. going to deny it's a good now, game. Now, another, another couple that I played quite a bit were Super Huey and uh, Gunship. You know, you have, what do you where do you stand on the helicopter flight sims? I, now I will admit I like I like my helicopter games a little more, a little more Super Cobra, and a, and a little less and a little less Super Huey. But where, where do you what do you think of those? My favorite helicopter simulator, and I, the name absolutely fails me right now, is the arcade one that had that was set down and had the proper foot pedals to to sway left and right. Oh man, it's gonna kill me. I'll look it up and maybe put. It, I'll, I'll try to throw a comment in uh, under the show on YouTube. You know, but holy cow, such a great! You, know, you game. remind me. Remember that arcade game where you flew the passenger jet? I think Sega had it out there. Absolutely, one of my favorite arcade. Uh, absolutely, my favorite arcade flight simulator. That, it had all. You, you flip the switches. Yeah. You had to do the the prep, the takeoff. Oh, I loved you it. had a lot of. I felt like you had a lot more pressure on you because you had a passenger jet up there. It does add to the suspense a little bit when you're out there tooling around in it. And of course, Sega. This is the this is the era. This is the era of big games in the arcade that you can't emulate at home. So you had the triple screens and the whole nine yards. I always thought that was a, a pretty fun game. Um, Steel Talons. Steel Talons. Steel yeah. Talons. That's the that's the uh, helicopter flight sim uh, without equal. Holy cow, it was so I good. I remember that one. Now, here's a tricky one for you, the Brent. Would you consider uh, the arcade ver uh, game uh, Cobra Command, a flight simulator, the uh, Glacier Disc game? No. <laughs> Why? Why? It's, that's, not, that's barely a game. <laughs> Sorry. Trick question. Trick question. My so, goodness. So, you know. I mentioned we had 35, 40 of these. We had a, a, a plethora of games to pick from. I'm going to lead the dance this week, Brent, because I think... You absolutely Because are. here's the thing. I was... Your game Hold on, hey, ho. Of course it is. Are you a madman? I wanted to ensure that the game I chose this week was a would qualify as a flight simulator. So I picked a game that had flight simulator directly in the title. So there could be no discussion on the subject. And the game I went with, the Brent, was BAM! Arcade Flight Simulator for the C64. Now, Arcade Flight Simulator uh, was released uh, by uh, Amazing Games. Because you know it's gold if they release it. And it was released in 1989. Uh, and also had releases on the Amstrad and the ZX Spectrum, by the way. And I actually played one of those. It was designed by a fellow uh, named Dennis Webb, who also did the graphics uh, in Outrun. He did a lot of conversion work on Outrun, and it was all it was co-designed and worked on by a fellow named Martin Webb, who was responsible for Karate Chop. Another one I like, yeah. Max Torque. That's a great name. Max. Torque. He also worked on Outrun, Beneath the Stars, and the C64 conversion of Chucky Egg. So there you go, and the music, such as it is. 
the opening screen music was done by the legendary David Whitaker. We all love him. And I had to write this down because it amused me. The uh, artwork on the uh, on the tape case was done by the legendary captain of the love boat, Gavin McLeod. <laughs> it's, it's the guy's name. Yeah, I doubt it's the same guy, but it, yeah, <laughs> that wouldn't that be nice? So, arcade flight simulator seems contradictory, doesn't? It? Well, it's not. You can have an arcade flight simulator, and this <laughs> this embodies everything that is flight simulators uh, uh, in the arcade. So. This game take, pitch you as a, as a pilot. What if you ever asked yourself what would happen if like Blue Max and Time Pilot had a child, right? That unholy alliance, right? What would you get? Well, you would get you would get not a flight arcade simulator. flight. Listen, it's in the name. So in arcade flight simulator, and this is di- directly from the uh, hype bubble on the tape. You'll find yourself pitted against the cream of the airborne opposition through three three different combat scenarios. You've got a World War II scenario where you fight uh, you fight with biplanes in 1918. Or that's a World War One. Then you got World War II fighting over Pearl Harbor in the 40s. And then, this is the creepy one here, Brent. This is the one that creeps me out. You've got a World War Three scenario that takes place in the 90s and with fast jets over East Africa. Creepy. How did they know? Except that... Thankfully, that didn't happen. This also has one to two player support, which we'll get to that in a minute. So, what do you do in Arcade Flight Simulator? Well, the first thing you've got to do is take off. Now, like any good flight simulator, take off and landing is vital. And this game is no is no different. So, uh, you start on a runway, and you're overhead. You can see enemies. You take off from your runway. And you are instantly confronted with the enemies. Of course, you have to hold back, hold down on the joystick to get your uh, kite in the air. On the screen, you're going to see a fuel gauge, an ammo gauge, your score, and how many planes you've got left. And the most important thing there that's not the fuel gauge is an altitude meter. Uh, it's just a, it looks like a, a Mario. It looks like a Dr. Mario pill with a with a with a plane stuck in it. And it tells you what altitude you're at. Now, this is what separates this game from a game like Time Pilot or some lamer game. This is the simulator part because it simulates altitude. And as you fly over across uh, the, the landscape, different things are at different altitudes. So sometimes you can go down pretty low and you're going to be okay. And sometimes you're going to uh, you're going to hit a building or a tree. So you've got to be very careful as you maneuver your, your kite through these various scenes. Uh, this game features a wraparound screen. So there's a little bit of, of the original Atari 2600 combat stuck in here. And you this is vital to the strategy involved in this game because you actually fly off one side of the screen, come back on the other. You're always swinging around to try to get a better angle on your opponent. And your opponent can also do the same thing. And I've noticed that the opponent in this is not stupid. He will follow you around quite nicely to hone in on you with his bullets. Uh, I mentioned you've got a limited number of ammo and you've got a limited number of fuel. This is the crux of the game, all right? And so, yeah. in this game, you, you'll notice that you'll lose fuel. I will say they got the World War One plane correct because it can only stay in the air for about a minute before you run out of gas. And so... Yeah, a minute, I yeah. wish. <laughs> so, what you've got to do is you'll see scattered across the map. I should mention that the map scrolls horizontally. So... You'll go off the map vertically, but horizontally the map scrolls. It's a pretty decent sized map. 
uh, and you'll get you can scroll around down on the ground you'll see buildings that have a fuel uh, uh, pulsating fuel sign on them now the way they used to do it back in the old days the brand there was no refueling like in your game you just had to glide down close to the ground I can only assume you pick your <laughs> you stick your arm out of the plane and grab an oil can or something a gas tank and fill her up in the air because what you've got to do is lower your altitude down to where you're at the level you can get the fuel. You can't just fly over the fuel at any level. It won't work. You've got to be very, very low. And, of course, that you get inherent problems uh, such as the fuel is always near buildings and stuff. So you have to avoid the buildings. But also, you can just hit go down too low and hit the ground. So you, you've got to be yeah. careful. Getting fuel in this, not easy. In fact, this is that's the, probably the hardest part of the game uh, is getting fuel. The other expendable resource you have is your ammunition. The only way you can get ammunition in the game is to go to a runway and land your plane. You'll land your plane, get ammoed, and it go back up in the air, uh, which is also not easy. you got to remember, the entire time these things are happening, you've got the enemy, the, and the enemy is very uh, hot on your tail. Like They never take a break uh, when it comes to a pursuit. Uh, to get off the first level and the second level, you have to kill a, a certain number of planes. I believe it's 10 on the first level. Ten, and then yeah. uh, I believe it grows as you get to the third level. I can tell you that I was only able to get to the second level in this game. I never got to the third level. Yeah, same. And I will also say that there is no footage that I can find on the Internet of anyone getting past the first level of this game. Now, people mentioned that they had, but I, I could only get to the second level. Now, I think with some luck, and some skill uh, and continue to play. I might be able to get to the third level, but I've I've read that once you get to the third level, it loops. Each level uh, puts you in a different aircraft, and it puts you in a different scenario. On the second level, you're like uh, at, at sea, like coming off an aircraft carrier, which is cool. And the third level, you are in like a stealth fighter. And and I and I only know this from having a look at the Spectrum version and see what the heck was going on because there's no 64 version that. That shows you getting that far. So that it's a difficult game, uh, the Brent. What were your thoughts uh, on this game? The, of course, just we're just talking about the single player mode right now. What were your thoughts on this? The uh, boot up, the little song it plays, the graphics, and the overall gameplay. As a game, this was pretty fun. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> it now, don't get me wrong. You are not going to be spending uh, hours and hours with this thing. This is a, a, a get-in. Uh, it, it takes probably 10, 15 minutes to figure out what the game wants you to do, uh, as in how to do the things that are, that are presented before you. Uh, but after that, you can have probably, I don't know, an hour or so of fun. It's fun to try to progress to the next level. Uh, something Aaron didn't mention, after you shoot down the 10 enemies, your mission's not over. You've got to pick up a bomb yeah. and then go and bomb uh, a location. And if you miss, uh, you actually have to shoot down ten more, ten yeah. pi ten more That's, things. Did you, how many times did you have that happen? Oh, I, I only hit I only once. destroyed the depot yeah, once. <laughs> and it was not the yeah. first time either. It was like the fifth no. time on a different game. Because there's no, once you miss that bomb, you're, you might as well just quit. Because you're, you're pretty much starting over. Brutal. Yeah. Uh, the the way this game gets its difficulty is the planes are at various heights, and you can't shoot them unless you are lined up with them. And this is kind of troublesome yeah. because 
uh, I never looked at the the altitude gauge. Not even oh, once. Well, the yeah. the the plane has six or seven different drawings uh, uh, that shows it at different altitudes, and you have to match the size of your plane versus the size of the plane you're trying to shoot down. And if they're both the same size, that may, you then you know you're on the same altitude and can shoot them down, and vice yeah. versa. Um, that I thought that was kind of neat, uh, and the game is very, very smooth. Yeah, uh, NES level of smoothness. Uh, of course, when you turn the plane, it doesn't turn, you know, smoothly. It's an eight direction uh, turning. Which is fine for a game like this. Yeah, because they wouldn't turn on the on the dime anyway. Like that, and we know this was trying like to that. simulate these various aircraft, like a, a flight simulation no, way. No, no, it wasn't trying to simulate anything. It was trying to give you an arcade fun, which is exactly what it did. And that doesn't make it a bad game. It doesn't make it a flight sim, for, for goodness sakes. But it's a fun game. Uh it does get frustrating because you will have times when the enemy will shoot you while you're still taking off. Every time that you yeah. lose a life and you restart, the enemies aren't in their starting positions. They're basically wherever they were when you died. So if you were fighting right next to your runway, when you come back, the enemies are going to be in that same vicinity, and they will just dive down and shoot you before you even have a chance to take yeah. off. That kind of sucks. Yeah. And that uh, happens. The other problem that you'll have is you can have three or four enemies on the screen at the same time. Uh, and when that happens, you can't, it's very, very difficult to maneuver uh, and line up your shots because every way you go, there's an enemy shooting at you. The last problem I have with the game, uh, gameplay-wise, is the bullets from the enemies are too small to see. You just have to expect that if they are lined up with you, <clears throat> pointing at you at the same altitude, you're going to die. There's no really dodging the bullets. You can They are there as just little specks, but you know, actually using that to try to dodge the bullets, I maybe did it one or two times, but it was, it was not something you could rely on. <clears throat> the fun aspects of the game, though, making you refuel as often as you do, uh, adds to the fun, really. I liked going down and getting the fuel and coming I thought back it was up. Too, I thought it, it went too fast, though. I'll be honest with you. I thought it maybe a goes, little bit. It, I was desperately trying to find a trainer for this so I could turn the fuel gauge off, and I, I couldn't find one. I, I, I oh, I did have a. I did have. You're a trainer. kidding me. I, I, I looked everywhere for one. Fact. Yeah, I, I had one that would give you infinite lives oh. and uh, infinite fuel and infinite. Well, no ammo. wonder you did so well. And no, no, no! I did oh, not use yeah, the trainer. That's what they all say. I didn't use the trainer until afterwards, um, but it was one of those games where also, if you use a trainer, the, there is no fun in the game. Seriously, I mean, some trainers you can kind of tweak the game to make it more enjoyable. Anything you change in this kills the actual flow of the game. So overall, a fun game, but it is absolutely. Not a flight simulator. It's called arcade Absolutely flight not. simulator. I'm standing by that. No. It's got... Are you saying goat simulator simulates you being Absolutely. a goat? I've played that. Yeah. You know, a, a couple a couple of things I want to mention. Number one, this game uh, was a budget title. Okay, so we should mention that. Yeah. Which I found out after the fact. I found out a lot of stuff about this game after the fact. 
after picking it. Uh, but it was a budget title. I think for a budget title, it's pretty fun. Uh, oh, the, I, I think the fueling is too... It's very difficult, and I wish they'd put the fuel somewhere you could get to it easier, at least for the first couple of levels. Oh, I don't think... You think actually getting the fuel It could be... Well, I mean, when you got a lot of guys on you, it can be, or when you're running low. Yeah, I had no problem with that. And then that. Uh, uh, landing, not not easy. But this, is a, this was a fun game. Now, let's talk about the two-player element uh, where you play uh, against your buddy. Now, in the, in the two-player version of this, you actually... It blows the screen up to, like, a wide screen. Okay, so, like, the, you, the screen doesn't scroll in the two-player... And effectively, the two-player game is just basically like uh, a dog fight. I mean, you just drive around and shoot each other, uh, and you. And sure. then when you die, you have to retake off. One thing I noticed is you could actually, you could actually park your uh, plane in front of your opponent's runway and just continuously shoot it like three, or four times. If you're, so I could see where you'd want to throttle a sucker uh, to uh, uh, when that happened. Um, I, I read, I can't confirm this, that this was on a, <clears throat> that this at some point was released on a cassette with a game called Thunderbolt on the other side, which I don't know, I don't know what Thunderbolt is, uh, uh, so, but if you're, so I guess you get two for one, not too bad. I want to talk a little bit before we move uh, on about one of the authors of this, a guy named Martin Webb. I mentioned Martin Webb did Karate Chop Max Torque Outrun, all right, so, I found when I was I was doing research on this uh, a, a a little blurb about Martin Webb, and I want to read this, and I want you to keep in mind that I found this on a uh, Moby, but I'm pretty sure this is uh, legit. But I think this is one thing I like with this game is the backstory about this guy because the, uh, the bio is very in depth. All right, so I'm going to read this. Uh, Martin started making computer games at the age of 13 from his bedroom at his parents' house in rural Kent. As a young child, he struggled at school with reading, writing, and spelling, failing the uh, once, then 11-plus exam and being tested for speech impediments. He was strangely selected as one of 15 boys to, to, at his school in Tetterden, Kent, to enroll in the CSE computer course. So here's a kid that was he had all kinds of learning problems. Uh, so this, he says, this was the changing point in Martin's life. At first, he was slow to catch on the concepts of computers, but the blinking cursor, a possibility of what it meant, captivated the 12-year-old. His hidden entrepreneurship had him washing cars and cutting grass out of school hours to fund the purchase of his first PC, a ZX81, costing 49 pounds. ZX81, the first computer I figure a lot of people had back in the day. Uh, as soon as the box was open, he was struck at the keyboard. While other boys at his age were typing in games and playing them, Martin had bigger sights. He quickly mastered the skills of programming and spent his afternoons at school at a, at a, at a local bookstop reading books on how to code and construct games. All right, so he says his disabilities seemed to be uh, uh, gone at this point, and he had a passion. By age 15, his computer skills and fame had grown so much that his headmaster asked him to set a level A exam, even though he'd not set the two-year course. So he was basically clipping out, brother. He used one of the games as a project uh, work and scored an A-plus, making him the first student in Kent to set and pass the A-level computer studies course. Martin, now a seasoned game programmer, was 16 and out of school, working full-time on publishing games with his father at their house in Kent. They released hordes of computer hits. In 1987, a meeting in Birmingham 
saw him win the contract to code OutRun for the Commodore 64. Martin recalls being taken into a room and showing the huge arcade machine. Jeff Brown, uh, the then director of U.S. Gold, asked the 17-year-old, can you convert this onto a home computer? Nine months later, OutRun went on to be the biggest selling game of its time. Martin recalls, I was in Spain on holiday with my girlfriend when I heard that OutRun was number one in Boots and Smith, and I was so proud. In January, we got our first royalty check for Christmas sales, a staggering 17,000 pounds. Yeah, so, and it goes on to say that he uh, moved on to uh, live in South Africa. And this bio, the reason I like it the best is it was contributed by Martin Webb. So he wrote his own bio. (laughs) That's the way you do it, Brent. (laughs) And so, but I like that because you sort of get an insight to what how these bedroom programmers operated. And here's a kid who was, uh, and you know, I know a lot of people like this. They were sort of having a rough time in school, and computers brought them forward, gave them something to do, uh, and uh, something they excelled at. So I thought that was kind of neat. Yeah, absolutely. One more thing I want to talk about here. We mentioned that this thing was uh, released on the ZX Spectrum. I took a look at the ZX Spectrum version of this. You know, it's funny, uh, the Brent. The Spectrum uh, has this bad habit of of being awesome. And uh, (laughs) for whatever reason, they've done it again. I like the Spectrum version of this. I thought it was pretty good. Uh, It's, you know, the Spectrum has, it's, it's a limited machine and when it comes to its capabilities but the people that worked on this they really had a knack now uh, the zx spectrum version scrolls in the opposite direction uh but it's it's good it's it's i think it's very similar in a lot of ways a lot of fun so you could check that one out and it looks pretty good too of course hope you know what I, you know what i noticed what? aaron the the specky version has shadows yeah. you know someone mentioned in the chat that this had uh, uh, I mentioned Zaxxon, and, and when you're having the dogfights, this it did remind me a lot of Zaxxon, and not in a good way. Uh, Zaxxon is another game notoriously difficult for its dogfighting in space because of the different levels. And that altitude change thing just simply doesn't translate real well. Uh, and so even with the meter and everything else, it's it's that makes it difficult. Uh, so there you go. I should mention, I looked up some reviews on this, the Brent. Uh, so Lemon uh, sixty four gives us a six point four. Ace gave it a three out of five. Uh, C and uh, C and VG gave it a forty nine percent. That's a burial. That's ridiculous. Uh, Commodore Force gave it a, this is a budget title too. Commodore Force gave it a seventy eight. Uh, Commodore User gave it a sixty three. And Zap, another burial, gave this a forty one. And I will say, I also read that Zap also crapped on the opening theme, which I thought was pretty good. We, we got right, a review from Pajaco for Arcade Flight Simulator. He writes, This game could have been awesome. However, it is overly complex. Not only do you have to contend with enemies who cast no shadow, so gauging their height is tough, but on top of that, having to refuel a lot and top up ammo, which I couldn't figure out, makes this game annoying. But for a budget game... Not totally terrible. Six out of ten, Brent. Six out of ten. Yeah, I think this was uh, this was a fine game. It, it was a, it was a fun game. This was this was a. If all budget titles were this good, they wouldn't be called yeah. budget titles. And it, also, I would say it's a top shelf flight simulator. Um, eBay, no, eBay. No. It has no simulator. It's of in the name. Flight it's whatsoever. in the name. It's an arcade game that 
is fun because it, and it has some Listen, flames. You can't deny it. the fact that I did not violate the spirit of the show. I use what's it really what's really ridiculous for those who aren't uh, in the know behind the scene. Aaron vetoed <laughs> outright vetoed my first pick for not being a flight simulator. It was a war. It was a text-based war game. And then he presents to us a not flight that's, simulator. That's, that's, that's an so opinion. the next time I pick battle chess, no. I just no. want everyone to remember <laughs> this day Listen, right now. It's in the title. Uh, eBay, you can get these uh, in the UK for under £10 or $10 all day long. They're giving them away. So, yeah, it was great. I, I agree. This is a flight simulator. Now, with all that said, Brent, you had a choice this week, a special choice. Yeah, I picked the flight simulator. Now, are you going to talk about the game you picked first? Do you remember the name of it? Uh, It was, what, B-1 Bomber? It was like nuclear something. And I, once I looked at it, it was a text-based war game from Avalon Hill. And I thought to myself, clearly yes. Brent hasn't done a lot of research on this. because it, No. <laughs> so there you go. I, 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 I fully admit I had not done a lot of research <laughs> well, on it. Uh, why did you say no then? I, I wanted, I thought, you know what? You know what never gets played? Text-based flight simulator. That's true. B1. Yeah. So I thought, I, I asked our incredible <laughs> Discord. I said, Discord, can you find me a text-based flight simulator? And bam, they did it. And then Aaron whined, whined like a small child until he got his way. Well, so no. I I was forced, forced to change my pick, and I went with Ace Air Combat Emulator yeah. for the C sixty four. What a name! Released, <laughs> released four years before your yeah. game, Aaron. Nineteen eighty five. This is an early one, yeah. By a, a little outfit called Cascade Games Limited. Aaron, do you know what Cascade Games Limited was most famous of? I don't. I don't. They were famous for their 50-in-1 cassette tapes that they would sell on tons of different 50. platforms. Commodore, the, the ZX Spectrum, the Apple II, uh, uh, the, uh, uh, there was more. And, but that was, they would jammed 50 uh, little admittedly to themselves crappy so, games on tape. That's what I was because they I, said, I was just thinking, how good could they be? <laughs> oh no. They they said what always irritated them was you would put a game on a cassette, right? And you would only use like two or three minutes of a forty five minute tape. And they were like, you know what? And the tape costs the same amount no matter what. Screw that. We're gonna pack a a, a cassette Full of games. Full of them. And they did it. And they, at first, they were a marketing failure. No one wanted these these cassettes. But what happened was they did this tremendous marketing campaign. Spent thousands of pounds for this little itty-bitty company. Three-person company at the time. Or two-person company at the time. And they flooded magazines with uh, advertisements for this incredible 50-in-1 tape. And they absolutely sold thousands and thousands of them. It actually lifted the company off the I ground. I love it. <laughs> uh, Ian Martin and Nigel Stevens 
for Ace Air Combat Emulator, they also picked up Guy Wilmley. Actually, I believe Ian Martin was the odd man out because uh, Niall and Guy, I believe, is who started the company. So it was from those humble beginnings. Crooked beginnings. Which they... Yeah, or they fully admit that games were crap and people who bought them. I would buy them. I mean, because you figure out a 50, there's got to be some winners on there, you know? (laughs) They were were, uh, hiring college or high school kids and giving them this tape and was like, listen, all these games need to go on, like, I don't know, the Apple II. And the kids would be like, okay. And they would translate them over into Apple II. Yeah, they sold them for a long time. Long time. So, but that's not what we're here to talk about. We are here to talk about Ace. Ace is a military combat simulator. An actual simulator with actual simulating uh, aspects. You start the game and you're given your choice of plane loadouts. You know, you, you can go heavy airstrike. You can go heavy ground target. You can go heavy C targets, or you can kind of do a, a, a mixture, a playout. And they then put you on the runway, and that's it. You just go. And, of course, the, the plot on it's kind of stupid. It's one of those, you're the last hope. Uh, it, you know, it, you're the only pilot that can save us all kind of affair. Which, that's kind of stupid, but there you go. After you pick your loadout, you're put on the runway... And you have to accelerate. You have to add your thrust. And you get start rolling up to speed. And then you pull off the runway. And Aaron, what is the very first thing that happened when you pulled off the runway? I blew up because I forgot to... I didn't know you had to pull up your landing gear instantly. Trust <laughs> yes. this is another one. Get the manual, yes. brother, because you got to know. you got to know <laughs> these things. you got to know all the shortcuts. Absolutely. <clears throat> this game is borderline on complicated but still simple enough to make it very approachable. So you pull off the runway, you put your landing gear up, and then the game proper begins. This is a very unique combat simulator that has you going after ground targets. You're basically defending your airfields, and you have three of them. The map on this is really fairly large, considering it's on a C-64 and there's a, just enough detail to, oh yeah, there's just enough detail in the map that you kind of start picking up on things, where some things are located. And you have to go after the ground targets that are coming after your base. And when you engage the ground targets, you know, tanks, anti-aircraft guns, that sort of thing, then they start sending you planes after you. And you have to do dogfighting and that kind of combat. All the while, your your in-air thrust, your speed, you have to really maintain because you will burn through fuel really fast if you just keep it thrust all the way up for the full time. Now, when you are in flight, right, and you're maneuvering up and down, left and right, if you bank this thing hard, 90 degrees, you absolutely turn the plane around. It is incredibly maneuverable, and it, it makes for exciting air-to-air combat. When you are off on your missions, you're eventually you're going to run out of fuel. You're going to run out of ammunition. So what do you have to do? 
This game allows you to do mid-air fueling. Yes. And it's awesome. This was, my, this was the golden chalice of this game for me. To, to, get, to forget this, to do it. And, this, and I got it. By God, it took a couple of tries. I ran into the plane th- two different times trying to get this done. Yeah. <laughs> because you have, you have to match, I believe, as I rec- this is how much I paid attention. The altitude had to be 2,100, and the velocity had to be like 21,000. Uh, 21, and, and your velocity had to be like 200 or 210. And you had to nail it. And and it, but it, boy, what a cool what a cool uh, look that was, eh? Well, I don't. I'm, I'm assuming you played this with Sam. Yeah. What did you think when it when it started giving you like warnings, like too close? That was awesome. Close. It, in actual yes, voice. Yes, I was. <laughs> now it was a muddy. Oh, voice, it was. But yeah, but you're it's on a radio, so I, mean, I would buy it. You know, listen. That was the highlight of the game. And the screen for refueling, I mean, the, you know, the, the the visual for it, it looked good. I mean, I was like, man, that's cool. Yeah. It's got the gimmick hanging off the back of the plane. You know, and you had to you had to kind of ease up into it with your big straw. It was awesome. I loved that. Yeah. And what makes it even I – mean, you can refuel that way, right? But you don't get your, your ship fixed or ammo refueled. To do that, you have to go and land at one of the three airports. And you don't have to land at your airport, you know, the one you took off from. There's other airports that are... They're on the allied side. uh, Restock your plane. Yeah, you have to be on your side of the the border. The the, uh, combat in this is really nice. If you are trying to use your, your gun, your cannon, your normal ammo, you've got to really line up. And, and shoot and get a lot of hits on your target. And you can use the, the cannon to pretty much destroy anything in the game. However, if you have missiles, right, all you have to do is line up your crosshairs, hit the button, keep that target on the screen while your missile tracks, and you will blow it up. It was so refreshing. That combat was still challenging. It was still fun. But it didn't get bogged down with all the details. Now, if you wanted an extra challenge, by all means, you can go after things with cannons, and it becomes a far more difficult task. But for just missiles and stuff, and, and I'm not saying it was easy, but it was it was fun. It was fun to do. I, Did you have I, much luck with I was combat, blowing Aaron? stuff away left and right with my cannons without any trouble. Really? Oh, yeah. Because listen, I played a lot of wings, all right, and that, that translates quite nicely into this game. You, uh, the way you shoot ahead and stuff. Yeah, I was deadly with the cannon on my very first mission. I probably shot down four or five guys just with the cannons. You know, I, I was killing it. Now, of course, I played it on brain dead idiot, uh, the you know mode. Yeah, oh yeah, so did but, I. Uh, so uh, did but I. man, I, yeah. It, uh, listen, I'm just gonna cut to the chase. When I saw you were picking this, I'm like, well, what do we got here? This game here is a winner, brother. Uh, as a flight for a flight simulator on the C sixty four, this is a winner. Uh, it controls well, like it looks good. I mean, it's it's sort of no frills in terms of the, of the you know what you're seeing in front of you. But I mean, it still it plays well. The controls are fairly simple, but they're not. I mean, if you get the sheet that tells you what, what everything is, you have to. It uses a lot of buttons and stuff. But I mean, it's an airplane, brother. It uses about six keyboard yeah. commands. Uh, and and the uh, but I thought the enemy was cool. There's a there's I'll tell you there's a lot of variants in in, the, in your targeting. You know, it's got a great map. 
It doesn't have a, it doesn't have a map that you can look at like it's not like a transparent map. But I mean, what are we? You know, there's no way the radar. There, oh, there is right. radar like on your console, right. but, but you do have to flip back and forth between yeah. map and in. It the reminded ship. me sort of when we played Knights of the Sky on the Amigos. It was the same kind of gimmick, and uh, much like also like Knights of the Sky, you're not going to be able to use the ground for like visual markers because the ground is mostly just blank. There's some. You'll see some stuff. There's yeah. hills and trees. But, I mean, for the most yeah. part, there's nothing down there that's going to be a visible help to you getting around. So you've got to use that map. Uh, but the radar looks well. It sort of tells you when guys are coming up and coming down. Uh, it's not that difficult to gauge the uh, uh, the uh, altitude. You've got, of course, you've got the altimeter over there. It also tells you what position your plane's in as you're flying. And believe it or not, you can get turned around in this. Uh, yes. But, I mean, you're, you're flying this thing. This is a precision... Uh, uh, aircraft. I mean, you could. You're doing all kinds of crap now. And the more advanced levels, which I didn't try, there may be stalls and stuff. I didn't see any of that stuff in this. No, uh, no, but, uh, not that I experienced. But I, man, I'm telling you. And when the radio chatter came out, so I was like, man, this is. I was impressed. I was real impressed. Now, now I'm gonna blow all your right. mind, Aaron. Did you know there was a two-player mode? I did. I did know that, but I didn't try it. The two-player mode, you still have your pilot. He has to do all the things he does, takes off, you know, flies the plane and everything else. But player two can, is your gunner, yeah. and he actually controls the reticle in the middle of the screen, and the pilot always has control of the cannon, but the, the co-pilot, the gunner, has control of the missiles. So he can track... Uh, on the screen while the pilot is doing one thing, track on the screen of the enemy plane or the ground unit and fire the missiles independent of yeah. the pilot. What an absolute fantastic idea yeah. to do for I two played players. Some, I played now, some... In the sequel, it, it lets you do split screen, but I didn't go into depth yeah. with that. Uh, but this was absolutely a beautiful addition for a second player. I played game. some games on the Atari computer that had a similar pr premise. Let you One guy plays like the gunner. But this, yeah, this is perfect for a game like this. Uh, and uh, uh, I guess definitely see it would come in handy to have an extra guy. Plus, it's it's a neat way to get a second player involved. And what a, basically is a one-player game. It's a nice option to have. They really thought about it when these options... Because you've, you're picking the type of combat, the level of combat, one or two players with the combat. I like that stuff. It's not too advanced in terms of flight simulator. It didn't get crazy. But like I said, it's just enough to where someone like myself that doesn't like to get real deep into this stuff can do it. The map's easy to read. It's funny when you're, when you're trying to get to a certain spot and you are trying to save fuel. I mean, it could take a while to get there if you don't, you know, yeah. so... If you don't thrust full, right. full blast. I mean, you were yeah. talking about the map. It's it, it's pretty expansive. Uh, you've got all kinds of different ground targets. You've also got uh, anti-aircraft coming at you. You've got enemy, of course, enemy uh, planes as well. Uh, it's it's a, you get a pretty good uh, you, a pretty good feeling like you're in a combat situation in an airplane. And again, it's more and than I expected. There's more. You also can fly nighttime missions, and snow mission no kidding yes so you could at nighttime uh, i mean mostly these are all graphical changes but it is nice to have a a way to change up the game 
to keep it a little fresh. Uh, flip it on night mode. Everything is mostly black. It's a lot harder to see things. Uh, and the snow missions, the landscape becomes white. <laughs> really, that's basically the only change. But it makes it... Oh, and the trees lose their leaves. So they do have that kind of little details. Uh, some things, it makes it easier to target because they stick out more. Some things are harder to target. Uh, but the, the developers here, they went the extra mile and made a complete game. They could have cheaped out. They could have left out two-player. They could have left out the multiple environments. They could have, uh, you know, not had you worry about landing gear. Maybe the landing gear pops out automatically whenever you get close to the ground, but they didn't. They went the extra mile, added this stuff in, and it made for a very compelling game that I personally would definitely recommend people check out. The general consensus for this game all over the map and it's kind of funny a lot of this game got reviewed uh multiple times uh when it was released back in the 80s and you know 85 86 reviews were off the charts good everyone was very uh complimenting the way it played the way it felt all that stuff wonderful i don't know if it got a re-release or why people reviewed this later, but they also re reviewed it uh, in the mid-90s and early 90s. And it, for those reviews, they absolutely killed it. Yeah, that happens a lot. I know a lot of progress happens over five years, but if you can't step back and be impressed at what this game did in 85, you really got to question if you are... Fair to video games. Well, they probably they probably they probably re-released as a budget title. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, it's possible. I couldn't find what they did. Also, 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 this game. Whenever you shoot something down, you get score based on what you shoot yes. down and how you shoot it down. It saves either if you buy it on a disc or if you buy it on a tape. It saves the top five scores. So the, it really it had everything. It had everything. Yeah, it's a, it's it's a real keeper. You know, we got a uh, review in Discord on this. The brand, uh, our good buddy uh, Pajaco writes uh, for a C sixty four. This is all right. It's a bit clunky yeah. and definitely one to play with a keyboard. However, it is hard to work out where you are as the ground color never seems to change despite what the map shows. Good effort, but misses the mark for me. Seven out of ten. Uh, the brand, but I think. I think it's seven. I, I I think maybe maybe even a little higher on this one. I really was impressed. I don't know. Maybe I was my. I guess maybe I had my sights set low. Which, by the way, you can move your sights around in this, so you can literally set your sights low if you want to. <laughs> uh, but uh, a lot of fun. I will say your your game was a, a real was the winner of the week. But my game had a lot of uh, good points as well. A lot of fun. And my game was a well. So it was mine. It was in the so. title. Speaking of in our title. This isn't the title, but we hold it dear. It's called The Wheel. Let's get it going here. Oh, I think it's... A, I, I hold it very so, dear. So, Brent, this week... Otherwise, it will punish us. This week, we've added uh, two new things here. So, what we've got this week is our Retro Rewind piece. We've added the Jaguar. Everybody likes the Jaguar, Brent. And as our new piece this week, it's Game.com system. 
as was recommended by Rushi. Rushi's all over the place. He was just on, uh, had his games read over on Retro Asylum. So it's another Rushi joint. So if you're in the chat, pay attention because there are plenty of pieces here. I should go over these real quick. We've got Fight. We've got the Jaguar. VCR games that aren't the Action Max. The uh, Sinclair QL. Chat Subject Choice. The Combex 35. The new 16-bit games. Games that became other games. And the Game.com system. Brett, are you ready to go? Yes, games that became other games. Here Let's we do go. It. That's a good spin there. And the winner is... Oh, no. It finally happened, Brent. It's chat choice. It's chat choice, the Brent. So, All right, tell them what that while, means, Brent. While our, our incredible chat takes a moment to choose something that they would like to see us... This is absolutely wide open. Whatever gets the most votes uh, here within the next minute or so, we will start again. Start anew. Let's see it. And we have female lead. Female lead. That's it. Female lead. So, next week we'll be doing female games with female leads. Although the launch title one and the Australian one we may put those in our back pocket. Brett, make a note. Put those on the list. Because everything gets chosen. We're de absolutely desperate for anything. So, we'll We'll do it. So next week, Brent, games with a female lead. I like it, man. That sounds pretty good. Absolutely. So I think we've taken care of our uh, business, Brent. Any last words before we take this thing to the house? No. We will do better next week. We promise. He won't. I'm always getting better. We'll see you next week, everybody. Adios. Thanks for joining us today. We really hope you enjoyed the show. We want to say a special thank you to Duncan Styles for our vector style graphic and Bart Pitt for our amazing music. We also want to say a super special thank you to our supporters. Rolo, Olive Huff, oh, Terry Howard, Gary Heather, John Schaller, The Slow Norris, Frodo and L, Chris Foles, Mitsuyama, Jason Warns, Rob, Black O'Hara, Andy Craig, Andy Jones, Kevin Bean, Jocko6502, Anthony Jarvis, Steve Rasmussen, Bernhard Lucas, Dave Velociraptor, Graham, W. Betke, Roshi, Mr. B, David Terrence, Super Tech Boy, Oram, Sundown, Texas Foosballer, Airshot, Retro Allergy, John Deckman, Jerry Dennington, and Z9K9. Would you like to become a supporter for as little as a dollar a month? You can do so at patreon.com slash ARG Presents. Supporters get access to our Discord channel and their name called out in the credits. Don't want to explain another credit card bill? That's okay, too. You can support us by leaving us a positive review on Spotify or Apple iTunes. Have an idea for a wheel piece? Email us at argpresents at mail.com. We film live every Sunday on Twitch, Sunday, 10 a.m. Hope to see you there.